You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hello again, everybody. My name is Steve Eden, and you're listening to the True University Podcast, where the truest thing about you is what God says about you. My guest today is uh, very special. Uh, Many of you, I'm sure, know her. I know her very well. We've been married for 28 years, and then before that, we were dating for basically about five years. And maybe we'll even get into how we met in at Hera High School and all that. But my guest today is my lovely wife, whom I love very much, Stacy Eden. Stacy, it's good to have you today. Thanks. It's good to be here. <laughs> hey, uh, that's, you know, I was just talking there kind of in the intro, but what a great story that we actually met when you were accidentally... We actually met when you were accidentally enrolled in uh, my boys' basketball class at Hera High School when I was a senior. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not too hard to get recognized when you're the only girl in the entire gym. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So uh, just for those that don't know what what came about out of that, I had a, a guy on the team that I had asked about if he knew who you were. Justin McKenzie was his name, and he had apparently rode the bus with you. And uh, so anyway, I just, at some point, I guess, uh, approached you. I think the thing that really stuck out to me the most is that it took him three days to get you moved from the the boys basketball uh, class there in the gym. And that allowed me, you know, to notice who you were and, and take interest. Yes. anything you want to add from that whole experience uh well what i remember mostly about when we first met in high school is at lunchtime you would Mm -hmm. come around and bum a quarter from me every day so you could get a little debbie snack cake yeah that's right (laughs) and they were they were the little white one zebra cakes oh yes the zebra cakes two for two in one package for 25 cents but there was more, I had a method to my madness there. I enjoyed, you know, conversing with you and getting to know you. And so I'd come up and bum, bum money from you. And that was just your excuse. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> and then the rest is history, as they say. Uh, I want to, the reason I wanted to have you on, I shared this with you a couple of weeks ago, was I want to talk about February 23rd of 2019. So a little more than a year and a half ago. You're at home listening to Dan Moeller and doing laundry. And Stacy, you had just an outstanding, incredible encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. And you know, I say a lot that uh, at Grace Church and other places that uh, Jesus doesn't need to just be seen in history. He needs to be seen in us. And for that to happen, he's he's got to be more than just a historical figure. He has to, you know, there's got to be this personal intimate knowing that we have of Jesus Christ. And I believe that what happened to you in your in, in our closet at our home a year and a half ago is very similar to what happened to me in college, where I had a personal spiritual encounter, a spirit-to-spirit, heart-to-heart encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. So I want you to just share with those that are listening uh, kind of take us back to that day, February 23rd of 2019. What was going on in your life, your mind, your heart, and then how Jesus changed everything. Okay. Uh, first of all, I just want to give props to Jesus. And he is, I just love him mm-hmm. so much. And I I desire 
to know him more each and every day. And, and my hope is that when I spend time with him and allow him to love on me, then I can take that love and share that with other people's people. And that is what, you know, that's my mission. That's my daily mission that, um, out of his presence that I'm sharing that love with other people so that they can, they can experience that. So it's not about, I mean, I'm going to use the word experience, but it's really not about chasing an experience. It's about knowing him. Amen. Well said. And and through those Mm -hmm. times of experience, sometimes that's what we need Mm -hmm. in order to make the next step. Yeah. And so going back to a year and a half ago, I found my place. I found myself in a place of despair and loneliness and, and very dark place, very isolated and um, those that know who I'm married to mm-hmm. probably think, how in the world does that happen? How does a pastor's wife end up in that place? And as I have grown with the Lord over the last year and a half, I think I have looked back over my life and realized that I was just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. I was going through the religious motions instead of going through life with Jesus. And I feel like at age 16, uh, let me go back even before that, as a child, I did not grow up in a Christian home. We did not go to church. I didn't Mm -hmm. have any of that background. Um, Perhaps I went to a few vacation Bible schools, you know, as a little child, but there was never a consistency of going to church, knowing who Jesus was, any of that type of Um, atmosphere at my home and when I met you actually you 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 are a big part of this um and we started dating you asked me if I would go to church with you right and and do you remember what you said yeah I was like well do you want me to go to church with you (laughs) and you were like yes and so my motive was not going to church to get to know Jesus, my motive was, hey, I'm going to go hang out with this cute guy Mm -hmm. that asked me to go to church. And so that's how my introduction into church started. Mm. And um, through that, we went to a church called Life Christian on Sunday mornings. I went with you, you and your mom and your family had already attended there. But on Wednesday nights, we would go to this little Baptist church in Hera, our hometown that we live in now. And so in that church on a Wednesday night, you weren't even there. And this is, we had been attending probably for, oh, two or three months. Pro- or yeah. I should say I was attending for two or three months. You were you were already attending there on Wednesday nights yeah. with some other friends and stuff. And I think I had a baseball game or something that night. Yes. And so sitting in there in that youth group, um, the minister asked, you know, if, if you, you know, the basic that mm-hmm. you hear, if you were to die tonight, where would you go? And do you want to go to heaven? And do you want Jesus to come live in your heart? And I was like, well, yeah, I want, I want to go to heaven. I want Jesus to come and live in my heart. And so I went through the motions of raising my hand. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I've seen it done many ways. Yeah. Um, I don't even think I had to come forward. I think I just had to make eye contact with the the youth leader Mm -hmm. and raise my hand that I wanted Jesus to come live in my heart. And, and I'm sure I said the prayer and I thought, okay, I'm saved now. Got that done. Yeah. (laughs) And 
but through that, I never had anybody reach out to me. And this is no fault of anybody, but I'm just giving you an example of what happened to a person that said, okay, Jesus, I want you to come live in my heart. But then I had nobody to come alongside me and walk with me and show me what that looks like. Yeah. What does a relationship with Jesus actually look like? Nobody ever showed that to me. So all I knew was I had this Bible and okay, so I'm supposed to read it and I'm supposed to read. I think I gave myself a discipline of a chapter a night, every night before I would go to bed. So this was my ritual. Every night before I'd go to bed, I'd read a chapter, I'd pray and I'd go to bed. It's so interesting because it's almost like, you know, the first term you used was I went through religious motions. And when you, you know, made eye contact to say, yeah, I need Jesus. I'm going to pray this prayer. It's kind of like the posture of your heart and mind was, okay, I've done that. I checked that off. Well, then that bled into I'm going to read the Bible tonight because that's what I'm supposed to do. And I'm going to check that off and, you know, go to church with Steve or whatever. Church attendance. Yeah. It's so interesting how they became just a check mark. Yeah. Versus uh, a real living, breathing, ongoing relationship with the spirit of Christ that was in your heart. Mm -hmm. Well, and then that summer we went to Falls Creek. And so I think that. So I went through the that motion around April, I think, and then we went to Falls Creek in June, and and they did talk about having a relationship yeah. with the Lord, and but still nobody modeled it for me. It mm-hmm. was just, and I'm not saying that anybody did anything wrong. Maybe, maybe I just didn't grasp it. I don't yeah. know, but I'm just giving my experience, and so, um, I I never grew, and there was never a. Oh, this this tangent change in me, like yeah. I have experienced now, and yeah. um, so let's fast forward to well, February. Let me let me interject this because we've talked a lot about discipleship and you know this missing component, if you will, in Christendom in the West, and. It's like what what was missing, you kept making the point, nobody really was there to walk with me or help me to learn from Jesus, how to have a relationship with Jesus and and who he is. And so what's missing is you never really learned to hear his voice, to connect with him personally. Communication is what fosters relationship. Well, ongoing relationship fosters intimacy. Intimacy will will foster heartfelt obedience, you know, and life partnership. And those are some of the components that, you know, we're sorely missing from what you're describing. I agree with you. I, it's not necessarily anybody's fault. I mean, I would like to say, uh, you know, I want to ask myself, what, what was my thought pattern back then? But I didn't even, I think for me, even though I was pastoring on staff at a church uh, through, you know, 94 to 98, I wasn't the lead pastor, but my mindset wasn't developing you. My mindset was, you know, doing church and uh, we go to church. We try to help people know Jesus. And, you know, I had no no concept of helping you learn from Jesus to be like Jesus and know him. And so I think that's I think that's an interesting component that the Lord's trying to right that ship in America right now. I think we have this idea that 
okay, once they make that profession yeah. and ask Jesus <laughs> to come into their heart, then... We checked it off too. Right. I mean, we we right. like, okay, well, we got that done. Instead of asking Jesus, Jesus, what part do you want me to play in this? Because he wants to use right. us. Right. To walk alongside. If You know, you and I, we got, we had a wedding day and a wedding day, you know, is awesome. But wouldn't you say 28 years later, the, the, the uh, major focus, the place of importance that needs invested in is the marriage Yes. Not the wedding day. No, mm-hmm. it's fine to have a great wedding and a great start, but ultimately it's the marriage is where the rubber meets the road. And that's where I think in the Western church, we've lost our way a little bit and that he's riding that ship. Those who have ears to hear are allowing him to turn the church that, hey, it's not all about uh, the wedding and people, quote, getting saved. Who's going to intentionally invest in them and walk with them so that they can know the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let's go back. I kind of interrupted you there, but you were getting ready to segue towards uh, February 23rd of 2019. So that's a long time from age 16 <laughs> to whatever age I was. Yeah. When this 47? happened. 47? 47. Yeah. 47. Um, so however many years that is, I was just going through the motions I was just a church attender. I was not someone that was, that had a desire to grow in the Lord, um, to, to read his word and allow him to give me a personal word. Yeah. I was a decent person Mm -hmm. and I'm a person of truth. And so if you tell me, Stacy, this is what you need to do. That oh, is what yeah. Stacy's going to do. Rule She's follower. Gonna, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. yes. And so I would equate that also with my Christianity. So this yeah. is what a Christian does. A wow. Christian goes to church. A Christian reads their Bible. A Christian, hey, I've done a lot at Grace Church. Um, I've led children's ministry. I've led a woman's ministry. I even spoke. Incredible. You know, I did all those things apart from him. Isn't it, isn't it possible that what happened in your closet, our closet that day, he didn't say anything to you about this is what you do. It was really more about this is who you are. This is who I am. Is that fair to say? And that he desired me. Mm-hmm. There was that drawing. And, and that's actually that's awesome. what it was. So I'm in the closet just sorting laundry and I had YouTube playing while I'm sorting laundry and Dan Moeller's on there speaking and he's getting to the end of his message. And let me back up to say, I was listening to Dan Moeller because a friend of mine sent me his messages. Yeah. And um, so I, I say that to say I wasn't actively pursuing Christ or wanting to grow, but uh when Gretchen sent me that Dan Moeller message, it really stirred something inside of me that I'm missing something, which is something that I have felt all along. Honestly, Mm -hmm. when I would hear people talk about Jesus, you, for instance, when you just had this zeal, this passion for him, and I never had that. Mm -hmm. And I could hear other people. uh, Gladys is another one. When when she talks about Jesus, she just lights up and just, Mm. I always knew I'm missing something, but I didn't know what it was. That's amazing. 
And so, um, you know, Gretchen had sent that message to me and I just started listening to it and listening and listening to it. And it really started to penetrate. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and if you listen to his messages, his messages are all about knowing Christ. Right. And, um, not feeling sorry for yourself. And, and for me, like identifying how selfish I was and how I would want to put my happiness in someone else's hands or even my Christianity in someone else's hands. So Mm -hmm. like if someone that I thought was a Christian and they weren't acting like a Christian, well then I was just like, ah, Mm -hmm. that's just another, another hypocrite. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And so I allowed where people weren't to determine where I could be or should be. Yeah. Um, instead of getting my focus on him, my focus was on anything so, and everybody else. That's so deep. I allowed where everybody else was to determine where I was mm-hmm. as far as my walk with Christ. And so if they were just way off, you know, like you said, your happiness, your well-being was in other people's performance mm-hmm. rather than rooted and grounded, sourced in the vine, in him. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the closet listening to him and he to was Dan Moeller. to Dan, yeah. uh huh, and he was closing his message. And at the end of his message, he said, "And I can still, I can still see the YouTube video playing in my mind, yeah. and him saying this is like he was talking directly to me." He said, "If anything is telling you that Jesus doesn't want to be with you, that's a lie. He wants to be with you. He wants a relationship with you." And yeah, that was it. I mean, I just dropped the basket. <laughs> yeah, I dropped the basket and that was like my invitation. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like he was speaking directly to me. Yeah, that's awesome. And. um, So I, what I did, I just I fell to my knees and I threw my hands up in surrender mm-hmm. and I just. I accepted him into my heart at that time. And um, I told him, I was like, I can't do this without you. I don't want to do this without you. I'm not leaving this closet without you. Ah, powerful. And through that, all the lies that I had believed and allowed the enemy to isolate me and just pour into my life, they just started coming out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And so I was, it was like I was getting rid of all the lies that the enemy had told me. And then Jesus started speaking truth into me. Yeah. And he started telling me who I was yeah. and how much he loved me and who I am in him. I remember you describing it to me as the greatest hug you had ever received. Mm-hmm. That like he blew into this closet and hugged you by the spirit. Mm-hmm. I mean, experientially, tangibly, tangibly. Mm-hmm. holding on to you. And I remember you saying that as he squeezed me, every lie I'd ever believed started flying yes. out of my mouth. Yeah. And then once that was done, then all this truth started coming, you know, out of my mouth. And man, I was reminded as you were talking how it's so surface. In Christianity, when it's when our focus is simply what I'm supposed to do, what are my daily routines or I need to, quote, you know, check the box to get saved. 
I check the box to go to church. His interest is what is in what I do, so I need to pray, and then I I need to read the Bible, and that's so uh, shallow and surface, but it's moved deeper when it's I love you. This is who you are. This is who I am. He's not asking you to do anything. I remember giving a word to a pastor one time at a pastor's conference. The Lord asked me to tell him. Uh, would you please tell him that I love him more than what he does for me? Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in what he's doing. I'm interested in him. And that's so what you're describing. What what happened that day in the closet changed you inwardly. I think back at the Baptist church, it changed some of your outward behaviors. You know, you, you read the Bible, you went to church, you did some things outwardly. But what happened uh, with Jesus personally changed your inside. And I'm so reminded of, you know, his bouts with the Pharisees and the scriptures and all the gospels. And one time Jesus had said, uh, why do you all clean the outside of the cup? Don't you know if you clean the inside of a person? And that's what he was doing for you, mm-hmm. healing you on the inside, making you whole and connected to him on the inside. He didn't want anything from you. He just really, as you said, conveyed that he desired you. He loved you. He valued you. Healed your inside. You know, that's the rest of that statement of the Pharisees. If you clean the inside of a person, the outside will just naturally follow suit. And man, that's just so powerful. And I can see it in your eyes. I hear it in your voice that you know him. And that, see, to me, that's Christianity, is this heart-to-heart, spirit-to-spirit, day-to-day walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we lost, you know, in the garden and isn't it interesting, I just heard this morning on another, I was on a, a Zoom call, and uh, one of the leaders had said this, and this is this is amazing, kind of describes what we're talking about. He said, if the Holy Spirit were removed from the, whole, from the uh, early church, then 95% of what they were doing would cease. But if the Holy Spirit were removed from the modern church, 95% of what they're doing would continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and boy, that just hit me like a ton of bricks because Mm -hmm. what I hear in your voice, what I see on your face, I see it in your eyes, is you have a person-to-person contact with the living Christ. And so it's funny, as you were talking, you didn't frame it this way, but I'll frame it for you. You talked about his love and this personal relationship. He's loving you into loving. You're not checking boxes off, I got to go love somebody today because the Bible says I should do this. He's loving you into loving. He's forgiving you into forgiving. Mm -hmm. He's piecing you into making peace. He's making you so whole, you desire wholeness in your life, in your family, your marriage, and your relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So after, I know that he gave you some scripture. Let's, Let's continue on with what was happening in the closet. He hugged you. He squeezed a bunch of lies out of you. Do you mind sharing a couple of lies that, that, you had believed, uh, and then a couple of truths and some scripture that he gave you. Um, one of the lies is um, suspicious behavior. Like, I was always suspicious of mm. people, so I guess that's a lack of trust. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Insecurity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, what's some of the truths that he spoke to you to freedom. replace those lies? Yeah, freedom. Freedom, laughter, love. <laughs> 
Trust. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Trust over mistrust, uh, speculation. What is it? Skepticism. Oh, control was another one that okay. I had to to replace. A lot yeah. probably rooted in trust mm-hmm. and just being able to trust your heart to him. You grew up in an environment where every time you tried to trust someone, even people that a little girl should trust, uh, your trust was broken. Mm-hmm. It was violated. So it's very hard for you. You had a lot of broken, wounded places on the inside. And that's where he came in and said, look, um, I know you've longed to be able to place the whole weight of your being down on someone and trust them. Mm -hmm. That being is me. Mm -hmm. And I am the only one. And I so, you know, I am the beneficiary, beneficiary in so many ways of him establishing trust and safety and all that uh, in your heart. And then some of the scriptures, you know, I remember them because we've talked and talked about this, but I remember Revelation 3.20, one of the scriptures he had you write down was, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Mm -hmm. If anyone opens the door, I will come, what? Into, I will come into him and fellowship and with him. fellowship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's so cool about all those scriptures that may not mean as much to everyone else when they think, oh, God gave her five scriptures. Stacy didn't have a knowledge of five scriptures mm-hmm. <laughs> in her brain to rely on. So the, these were God given to me for Stacy. And they all have to do with seeking him. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. And they came from him. It wasn't my own knowledge because I had none of that. They were, they were, (laughs) I had no human knowledge to draw from. That's what I mean. They were spirit breathed. I mean, the spirit of the living God, we've, we've got to figure this out that uh, here in the West, that he is alive and well, you know, and there's a reason he said, live by every word that proceeds out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just serve a historical Jesus, uh, and and he is in history. I mean, it's a fact he was here. It's a truth that he was here, but he really wants to breathe uh, life into us and take us back to how he created us in Genesis, and that was a day-to-day, heart-to-heart, spirit-to-spirit, even thought-to-thought relationship. So he gave you Revelation 3.20, then Matthew 5.6, blessed are they who hunger and thirst righteousness for they shall be filled what did that one speak to you when you kind of looked at that and heard that um well it birthed in me that hunger for him that desire for him to know him on a deeper level um and to know his word that's another way that we get to know him is know his word because before when i would read scripture You know, I told you I would read a chapter every night. Well, I was just checking it off my list. I didn't read to ask, okay, Lord, Mm -hmm. what are you saying to me in this scripture? What personal word do you want to give me out of this scripture? I was just reading scripture. And, and, and let's be, let's be honest here. Some of the scripture in the Bible is confusing. Yeah, sure. And so I always think back to the Charlie Brown um, yeah. And so she was always want, want, want. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when I would read scripture, that's what it sounded like to me. It didn't really make sense to me. It didn't penetrate my heart. It didn't change me. Um, it was just want, want, want. And yeah. so now through that, I have this desire and hunger to get to know him and to understand his word and his word is life to me. Now it is like jumping off the page to me wow. and it speaks to me directly now does that mean that when i read it i know 
and understand everything I'm reading? No, but I, I now go to him and say, Lord, I don't understand. What does this mean? Mm -hmm. You know, and then allow him to give me a word Mm -hmm. out of that scripture, which for you, if you read that same scripture, yeah. The Lord may tell you something different, not a different meaning, right? But a different personal word to That's you, right. based on where we're at. Mm-hmm. He knows where we're at. Uh, John six sixty three. You just said it, and I don't know if you're even aware of it, but Jesus said, John six sixty three. My words are spirit, and they are life. And so, what He's able to do in partnership with His Spirit is take written word, the written word. Scripture, which is God-breathed and and powerful, and we're grateful for the Bible. But if he doesn't breathe on it, it is Charlie Brown teacher. You know, you've got to not just sit in Scripture. You need to sit with the author, and he brings spirit and life personal. You know, a written word becomes a relational word, or we might call it a rhema word, but it's a, a, a word born out of relationship that he speaks to our heart. I was reminded of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 as well, verse 9 through 14, where it says, no one knows the things of God, but the spirit of God. So once Stacy, you know, was introduced to the very spirit of Christ himself, well, scripture is a thing of God. So no one knows the things of God, but the spirit of God. Well, once the spirit was introduced to you Mm -hmm. and the life of Christ was on the inside and, and in your mind and in your heart, they're working. Scripture came alive to you. It was like a night and day difference. And that's why, you know, it's imperative that there's this relational aspect to our verbiage in Christianity. I'm reminded of John 17, 3. This is eternal life. Jesus said, this is the whole shooting match is what it's all about, that they would know you, the word gnosko, an experiential knowing, an intimate union knowing, that they would know you, the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. And so I was just reminded about that in in Corinthians, and I've seen that in you, that now with the very spirit and life of Christ at work on the inside of Stacy, the scriptures have come alive to you. And I think that's important for everybody listening, everybody who calls themselves a, a believer, a Christ follower. How about Jeremiah 29, 13? This one really stuck out to me that he also gave you in the closet. It says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with With all, yeah, all your heart, heart. Mm -hmm. whole heart. What did that one speak to you? Again, it's about, so he's confirming to me that he's there for me. Mm -hmm. I've just got to seek him and give him my whole heart, give him everything, you know, seek him in everything. You know, it really is a heart issue. It's fascinating when we look back on the, your journey from age around 16 or 17 or whenever you made eye contact back at the the youth group in Hera, your whole heart wasn't given, you know, but yet when he came and said, I'm not interested in these things you do or religious observances, I'm interested in you. I love you. I value you. I chose you. Um, I gave the invitation and you knelt down and threw your hands up. And so here I am that, uh, you know, it's just fostering a whole heart mentality. And I think that's so much of what we lack at times in the Western church 
But those who have ears to hear, this is what he's saying to the church. We've got to return to the centrality of Jesus, uh, living, breathing, walking, doing every day with him. And you said that earlier in your verbiage. I don't want to do this without you. I want to do this with you. And isn't it powerful, Stacy, that his yoke is easy, his burden is light? Things didn't get harder when you gave your whole heart to him. They got easier. Is that fair to say? Yes, but I don't want to say that life was all roses Mm -hmm. after that. I mean, I still live in this world, but what he spoke to me is I don't do it apart from him. So I abide in him daily. I walk with him. I stay connected to him. And it goes back to Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm -hmm. That's talking about letting him strengthen us in the hard times. When those hard times come up, rely on him do life with him instead of doing what I did before, which was just going through religious rituals. Yeah. Apart from him. Yeah. Which is death. (laughs) (laughs) Another one he gave you was Psalm 91 verse one, which I'm very familiar with. He who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide. There's that word shall abide in the shadow of the almighty. Mm -hmm. What did that one speak to you? Honestly, I think that one might have been the first one he gave me. Mm -hmm. And it just reminds me that, again, staying connected with him and he's got me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not alone because I did. I felt very alone before. Yeah. You know, Um, and I tend to be pretty independent, honestly. And so just in my human nature, I'm pretty independent. And so allowing someone else, Jesus, relying on him instead of relying on myself has been a total change. Yeah. And and a process, really. Yeah. I have to learn to die to him daily and die to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um allow him to order my steps for that day. Right. Be your source, be your life. That's so challenging. What would you say you know, to maybe some moms and wives and, you know, they, they have children, maybe they have grandchildren, they got busy schedules, maybe they got, they got soccer, they got uh, their job. What, what would you say to them as far as uh, making, uh, allowing Christ to be their source rather than getting spun up and connected to all those things in the world? You're talking about like, how do they live apart from the world, even though we're in the world? I just mean, not. how do they not get to the place that you were and, you know, where we're looking to Christ as our source, our happiness and all that? Because I like what you're saying. There's still challenges. I mean, we're still living in this world, but uh, maybe even personally for you, what's some things that help you live connected to him so you don't fall back into, you know, into how it was before? One thing that I think is super helpful, and I touched on it early on, that I didn't have anyone to walk with me. Yeah. I just, I went through the motions and then I was on my own and I was on, I was very comfortable being on my own because I've always been very independent. And so I would not seek help from others. And, um, but I would say one thing that has been very helpful 
um, in this year and a half walk is I do walk with others. So mm-hmm. I, I, you mentioned discipleship earlier. I, yeah. I am in a group of, um, about eight or so. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember seven or eight other people, and we meet together every Sunday night, and it's it's an accountability. Yeah. But but even more than that, they they we love each other, mm-hmm. and we speak truth into each other's lives. So if you're having a hard week, you know that there's someone that's going to pray for you can even give you a hard word if you need it. That's going to challenge you to grow in the Lord and to hear his voice. Ultimately, we all know that there's nothing that Steve can do for Stacy better than what Jesus can do for Stacy. And so we, we talk about that in the group. I mean, yes, we're, we're there to love on each other, but we're there to help point them back to Jesus. Yeah. I love that because with some of my gifting, you know, if I'm not careful, I can fall into trying to be the voice of the Lord for someone. And I don't mean like a prophetic word. Obviously, I think that's still biblical and alive in the the present day church or should be alive in the present day church. But rather than me be the voice of the Lord for someone communicating, hey, he wants to speak to you. Mm-hmm. He wants to speak to you personally. And let's face it, just as human beings, when it comes, or even married people, when it comes from your spouse, when it comes from someone else, it came from a friend, well, it just doesn't carry the weight as when it comes from Almighty God. When right. God speaks to you, it's like, okay, there's a lot of weight behind this. And then there's grace you know, and faith, because when it comes from God, he actually it carries faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word, the Word of God. So when he speaks to us personally, it carries faith to actually walk it out yeah, and grace to walk out what he's asking you to do. Whereas if a human's telling you, well, it might be good advice, but yeah. Well, and I'm reminded of, of the time that I came to you and I was like, I got to share this with you. Do you know that I don't have to like stir up forgiveness? Forgiveness is already in me because <laughs> Christ is in me. And so I already have it to give. Yeah. And you just looked at me like, <laughs> you know how long I've been saying that? <laughs> but that's exactly that's what example. you're talking about. Uh, yeah. You know, when God gives you a word, it's there's life. There's life in it. In it. There's power. There's yeah. faith in it. There's grace in it. So what are we saying today? That if you're listening, it's of the utmost important that you're hearing importance that you're hearing from the Lord personally on a daily basis. Don't let someone else, a preacher or whoever, and they may be well-meaning, maybe your spouse, whoever, they're not the word of the Lord for you. Mm -hmm. That's got to come personally from Christ. Now, we can definitely encourage each other. We Mm -hmm. can definitely exhort each other. We can even confirm Christ in each other. Um, You know, that probably should have been my response when you said that was, (laughs) Stacy, you are hearing correctly. That is right on the money. I should have just confirmed Christ. Uh, you were hearing Christ correctly there, but instead I felt sorry for myself. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, as we wrap up today, I'm going to tell you what I would say. I I think in talking about your experience, and I so appreciate you coming on, and I'm going to, let me go one step further, not just talking about your experience. I'm going to say in sharing with us your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I so appreciate you coming on and sharing that. And, you know, we've talked before privately that there are probably people who think, 
Well, my goodness, she's a pastor's wife. She's been in church since she's 16, 17 years old. I would have thought she had it all together. And yet a year and a half ago, you're in a very dark place, a very isolated and lonely place. Uh, And yet, uh, you know, to share that, just appreciate your honesty in that. But through everything that's been said, I think what I take out of it is that when you're dealing with Jesus, when you're dealing with the living God, it's all about the heart. It's about an internal transformation. And I keep going back to him telling you, uh, not verbatim, but you know, more or less the heart of what he was telling you was he didn't need you to do anything for him. You had, you know, done the religious motions, the religious quotients, you know, what was expected of you to do, go to church, read your Bible, um, be a good person you know, in your own strength and all that stuff. And he moved you from that to, I don't care about anything outwardly, Stacy. I desire you, I love you, and I'm invading your heart with my love. And I think that's really what happened and made that connection with you personally uh, that day. Because even when you started today, I just want you said, I just want to give glory to Jesus. I love him so much. Uh, we've got to move, you know, beyond religious observances and religious traditions and rituals uh, to a relationship with a living God. And I'm going to say it again. I say it about every show. But if you go back and read Genesis, that's what he made us for, Mm -hmm. was that day-to-day, heart-to-heart, spirit-to-spirit relationship. So that's what I take out of what you've shared and what we've talked about, uh, you know, the Lord has done inside you. What would be you know, kind of your encouragement to those that are listening today based on what he's done in you? Um, I would like to use that for hope. Yeah, amen. That if someone's listening today and you have a spouse or a child or a friend, a coworker, somebody that you think they're hopeless, this situation's never going to change, we're never going to have reconciliation, mm-hmm. Um don't don't lose sight of what Jesus can do when someone surrenders to him Amen. because the love for other people um I did not have before and when I walked out of that closet I had that love he took my heart and what is it I've heard it said um he replaced my stony heart yeah with the heart of flesh yeah, Ezekiel 36 26 and 27 and so through that Now I don't have to work at loving other people. I just allow him to work through me loving other people. So just don't give up hope. Let this encourage you that no matter where you think somebody is, we need to listen to him, listen to the father and pray in the way that he has us, Mm -hmm. that he instructs us to pray for a person. Cause you honestly, you don't know where they are, but he does. And well, he knows what they need. And that's so powerful. I think our prayer needs to be, Lord, they need you. You're talking about hope for that person. Mm-hmm. Lord, they need you and they need to hear from you. So I pray, Lord, that I pray for them that their ears would be open, their heart would be open, their eyes would be opened. They don't need to better understand what we're saying to them or what we're telling them or this is what you ought to do. They need God Mm -hmm. and they need to hear from his spirit internally. And that's what will bring the change. 
Well, Stacy, thank you so much. I, <laughs> I am, of course, biased in my love for you <laughs> and uh, just your heart to share today and how good it's been. I'm going to just uh, pray as we go today. And uh, again, thank you for being here. You're welcome. So, Father, we just come to you and thank you for just the word of the Lord that's been in Stacy's mouth here today. And we do pray for those that have lost hope, Lord, that you would encourage them and that their prayer would shift towards, Lord, they need you. I pray they connect with you. I pray they hear your voice. We just bless each and every one, Lord, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.